All right, but all jokes aside, how much would I have to pay you to punch a hole in your current home wall? Oh, uh, $1,500. Really? You think it's too high or too low? I feel like it's way too high. I would take whatever the cost is to fix the wall <laughs> and then and then multiply it by like maybe two or three. That that just that's just coin in my pocket. That might be fifteen hundred. Is it that much to fix if it's if it's like you punch a hole and you cover it up? I don't know how much those supplies cost, I see. But your brother was very kind to help with. But I imagine that was maybe thirty most. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm grossly Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably around there. Like I feel like if you cover that up. I mean, fifteen hundred. I would do it for five hundred. Okay. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> like, am I gonna break my hand? Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. This week's episode is brought to you by City Cider Mill. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Footy Fellas Pod, F O O T Y Fellas Pod on Instagram and Twitter. The EPL is still up and still going, going strong. We got a lot we want to talk about. Also got NFL Sunday, watching a couple of football games today. Icy, I know your your Vikings have had a tough start to the season, I'd say. Yes. And thank goodness I only watched maybe 90 seconds of today's game. Didn't miss anything, to be honest. <laughs> Would have been a waste of three hours. I feel like there's there's just a nice approach to save my, my own sanity by not really caring too much about the NFL. I can't, if I care about the Bears too much, my Sundays are going to be just roller. Co- like I'm going to have heart attacks every every Sunday. It's not okay. Um, the Bears have been fortunate enough to pull off two two wins, but like you should not hype them up. You should not worry about like they're football is a dangerous sport to be a fan of. Soccer, for some reason, I'm okay with getting really lost in it. My team sucks. Whatever. Football, like there's something deeper there. There's something Amer- something in my American blood that just the team's bad. I can't have a good weekend. So don't care about it. Just don't care about it, Max. Back away from the game and the mic. And the mic. And the mic. It's what the doctor prescribed. It's what the doctor ordered. I, I didn't experience either type of football to the max this weekend because I was in a, a smaller town taking a trip somewhere else. But what I did experience were some antique shops. Hmm. And what do we think? What do we think of antique shops? Have you ever even been in one? What is it? I don't know. I saw it from the outside. What's an antique shop? I've never been to an in? antique shop. Maybe once or twice. But what do you think, I see? Uh, I think they are, you know, it's hit or miss. I think they're they're hidden gems in in antique shops all over the place. Most of the time, you know, I go in there 95% and won't find anything. But it is kind of fun to look around and you 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 definitely come across some bizarre stuff. Um you know, namely like little gnomes for your garden or like weird stuff like that, that uh, <laughs> kind of fun to, to look at. Uh, I wouldn't want one in my house, but <laughs> it's fun. They have fun stuff. 
antique shopping, that question, you just dated how old we all are. Like, you, like that is when we are consulting whether we're going antique shopping, <laughs> we have we have surrendered our youth. We have given it away. We are saying, you know what? And here's, okay, here's a really interesting thing we should distinguish. The difference between antique shopping and and thrifting. Because like- Thrifting is for, for people 10 and under. Or antique it, shopping is 60 and over. There's there's a huge gap. There's a huge gap. Thrifting feels there, like you can you can do it leisure. You're like it's whatever, and then antique shopping feels like you're. I think it's a, maybe it's a price range. Maybe maybe that's what I'm trying to hit at. Like when I'm looking at teaks, I'm antiques. I'm I think I'm going teaks. Oh, so you no, you do you do go off. You're looking at you're looking at teaks. When I'm when scoping I'm teaking, out teaks, when I'm teaking, right? <laughs> when me and my boys head out and we're teaking, um, uh, you know, Saturday night, you know, you're just chilling. You're like, you guys trying to teak? Yeah, of course we're teaking. You go to the teak store and. It closed at three because that's almost bedtime. Right. <laughs> because you're you're like, oh, we got to get to Cracker Barrel for dinner beforehand. <laughs> but it's, it's antique. What I think of antiquing is you go in and it's like a bunch of like wooden, th- like an old spindle, like something yeah. that's just like old and dusty. And they're like, oh, that could be a table if we reuse it, but don't ever touch it kind of thing. And if you have, here's, okay, end point, antiquing feels like antiques are like larger things you're spending a substantial amount of money on, whereas thrifting is smaller, um, cheaper. That, and therefore, you need more of an income, it's older for proper antiquing, thrifting is more casual, younger, more accessible. Done. QED. That's a wrap. We got some of our stuff in this place from, what would that be called, a resale shop? Yeah, that's a good resale shop. Is that different? That's different from both of those. That's fair because there's stuff there. There was stuff there, like there was big furniture. We obviously could have spent a lot on. Yeah, that's a fair point. But yeah, antiques antiques feel they feel untouchable. It's what you said. They feel like not untouchable and that they're some some absolute treasure. Although I guess that's that's shaming antiques, which I shouldn't be doing. But untouchable, they're not usable things. Yeah, it's items that it's the garden gnome or it's this old spindle wheel table thing you just described that everyone can obviously picture, which you don't use. You, you buy it to put it on the house or put it in the yard or something else like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Antiquing kind of has that, uh, you know, if you're looking for maybe, I don't know, going another way for art around the house. Like if you want to spruce up some colors or something in your house from an artistic point of view, maybe antiquing is what some people go out for yeah right it's it's not stuff i don't think you would really use all the time every day like maybe it's like oh look at that old china plate from this antique store that'll look nice up here where no one can touch it (laughs) here's the wow look at this cutlery from 1800 cool (laughs) maybe our nerdy friends will like it (laughs) that rung me a cool three grand each for (laughs) this set Icy little last week today. Let us know what went down last week today. Yes, let's start across the pond with the Women's Super League. Uh, just a couple quick things. So if you haven't heard, Alex Morgan has signed a contract with Tottenham. Interestingly, though, for only four months, I didn't realize this until I read an article just now about it. Some are not pleased with the short commitment, um, but Alex will definitely bring a boost to the Tottenham brand and up the overall competition in the league. Uh, And the next round of matches for the league come the weekend of the 3rd and 4th of October. For the English Premier League, there was a flurry of goals. If you watched 
any game this weekend, you were definitely gonna see a few goals. There were 39 total this weekend. Uh, Liverpool won, that's the most important thing you should take away from the weekend. Uh, the other thing though, every game really does seem like it could be worth mentioning. I think two noteworthy performances were Everton and Crystal Palace. Uh, both seem to be overperforming and surpassing some expectations, which is always cool to see. Uh, now coming back to the homeland, we will go to the NWSL Fall Series. Uh, Chicago Red Stars actually won decisively earlier today against Sky Blue, moving to second place. And I think the game probably just wrapped up, uh, but Portland was up 2-0 to zero against Utah. If they did finish off that win, uh, it would shoot them into first place. So got a battle for, for the top of the table there. I think this is just their second game. So early in the season and for the MLS last night spent my evening watching Minnesota United play Houston and Minnesota went up 2-0 got a red card conceded to end of the game 2-2 you know not a loss but really wanted the W uh, and they did actually coming out just today they they did get Kai Kamara from Colorado which uh, will definitely be a boost to their forward line love to see that other transfer news, Inter-Miami Inter acquired Iguain from Juventus. So love to see big name European stars come come over to the to the US and join the MLS. I think it I think it does ups the competition and it gets people just more interested. So that'll be good. And uh, finally, the Seattle Sounders and the Columbus Crew are sitting atop the Western and Eastern conferences, respectively. That's a wrap. Couple of big leagues back, couple of Bundesliga back, and Bayern went right to work, where right where they left off too. Trounced, oh, yes, uh, they did eight zero. Yeah, Schalke or someone else yesterday. The the only other uh, quick one I'll throw out there because it just shocked me initially. PSG when the the French league 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 went back uh, a couple weeks ago, they lost their first two matches which is just wild to see, which just shows you in, in some of the other leagues, the disparity between Bayern, PSG, and Juventus between everyone else. When they lose, you're like, whoa, because they lose, you know, five games a year, but they lost their first two matches, which is kind of wild. They've won their next two since then, but interesting. Yeah, good. Yeah, good call out. Yeah, I saw there was some uh, turmoil on the team after these first two losses, so it's interesting. Some locker room, locker room issues? Yeah. But you know they've won the, the the last two, so maybe maybe those issues have abated. It's interesting the the timing of the transfer window, how it leaks into the beginning of the season, because there's obviously the majority of it is over the summer, and this year it was weird. It wasn't necessarily over the summer, but normally it's over the summer. However, it usually bleeds into a beginning, a little bit of the season, right? And so the teams start playing, but even as you're kicking off your first few games the guys you're playing next to could be traded. You could be getting some help on your team. Liverpool just got Thiago who made a big difference this weekend, which I see talk about later. Uh, it's just interesting that the transfer window, it's not like, okay, we got our team. Let's start the season. You start the season and everyone's kind of looking at each other after bad games and after good games with that in mind. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. It's um, it's, it's all what also makes our job harder to judge who's going to finish top of the table when teams really in many ways aren't settled. <clears throat> Um, and, and then when you do bring in those, um, those new players, there's no telling how soon they actually start in your lineup. Um, so, you know, you could bring in a guy end of September, but 
you know, who knows if they actually start and play until mid October. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a fun little variable in the mix. I don't know. I don't feel like I remember players being transferred mid season in, in more American leagues. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, or during the season, should I say as often, but, um, it's very interesting stuff. Thank our first sponsor before we jump into the main topic, which will be a combo of EPL and then also Americans playing abroad, which we touched on way back at the beginning of our of our pod, which feels like forever ago, earlier this year. And we want to talk about more in depth because in depth, not in death. We want to talk about it to death because there are some Americans that are off to really hot starts in leagues around the world. And it's pretty exciting to see as fans of the national team and Americans ourselves. So we'll get to that in a second. First, I want to thank our sponsor, and we'll be back. You live in the city, but you too experience fall. Matter of fact, it's your favorite season. Not summer, not spring, definitely not winter. Fall. Because fall means changing leaves, extra layers, and cider. Cider donuts, cider cronuts, apple cider, frapple cider, cider biscuits, and cider liskets. We've literally got all of that and literally more. City Cider Mill, on a bustling city street near you. The apples, we outsource them. The pie, we purchase it from a local supermarket. The cronuts or liskets, we're not exactly sure what they're made of. But we're a cider mill in the city. So you basically have no other options if you want your favorite part of fall. Come say hi. City Cider Mill, in the city. Sorry, to clarify, where would I find the this Cider Mill? City Streets, in the city. Sorry, wh- my bad. Which city? The city. It's in cities. And what's a Liskit? Yeah, I, I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> I feel like you have to check it out. That's, that sounds like something you can only experience through your taste buds almost. It's because it's not a real, it doesn't sound like a real thing. And, and that's, I feel like that's part of the pitch. It's like, you know, you, you want to learn more. You want to try this product out, you know, come, come to the, come to the cider, cider mill in the city. Try it out. Buy it up. It's a biscuit with a lisp. It's a lisp. (laughs) It's a biscuit with a lisp. What do, what would that taste like? Does it just taste like biscuit? I don't know. That's what they sell at the store. It's got yeah. like a numbing agent in it. It's got like when you mm. bite into it, it's got it's got like some you know ancient. It's root got novocaine like they give you at the dentist. And so when you bite into it, exactly, you nice. just suddenly you can't your, your tongue. You can't feel your tongue anymore. You're telling me it hits gets different. It it hits different. <laughs> <laughs> you just ate one before the pod. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, City Cider Mill, you've done it again. City Cider Mill. You've gotten the people going on your Liskets and your Cider Donuts, your more classical treat. I'm going to check it out. I want I wanted Cider Mill Donuts and Apple Cider today. And so this actually is perfect timing that they reached out to me and reached out to our entire demographic, all of our listeners who I'm mm-hmm. sure are also fiending for some cider. Yep. Back to some EPL we are watching it. We're living it. We're breathing it. We're following all the leagues and obviously want to bring a little bit of everything to the pod. But this second week, a lot of excitement in the EPL. We're following our fantasy. We have three key questions we're going to be answering and then one mini debate we're going to be having for about five minutes total. Stick with us. First, Jones, is United totally screwed? 
you know, it's, it's, um, I, I think every season there's always that point every season that is every season for the past six to eight for Manchester United, there's been a moment and it's either been right at the beginning or like halfway through or whatever, where we think, all right, clearly things are messed up. Like this season's over. The team's done dusted. And you know what? Here's, here's my spin zone. Let's get it out of the way early. Let's, let's do it now. Let's talk about how, you know, crummy we're looking and then move on with our lives. Um, how I felt about last year, obviously we had a lot of PKs, right? I felt like there was a lot of things that went our way and it's about time that one things come, the pendulum swings back. We're going to be a little unlucky in some, some aspects. So that's going to affect our our totals, but in much more um, apparent United just lacked the um, speed, uh, the discipline. There was a lot of unforced error. There were a lot of things that made you think, Oh, this team really isn't ready to start the season. Whereas crystal palace had, played a week before and they were ready and took advantage and, and soundly beat um, United. It felt like the biggest takeaway from this game was, and it's kind of felt like this for the past two plus years, Ole isn't really like that capable of a coach. He's been able to do enough with the team to get them as far as they kind of should be doing with the talent they have. But um, the excuse of, you know, we need more players and better players to fill these positions yeah, like all teams could always use better players and better positions, but um, it feels like no matter what, tactically, energetically, he doesn't seem to do the trick. I don't, end of the day, I don't think United screwed at all because look at how United started last year and ended last year and what happened in between. Started the year with a 4-0 win against Chelsea, um, had some other good-ish games, then fell off, but ended really well, and that's how they ended in third place. Right now, as a United fan, maybe I'm just trying to keep my sanity, but... I would say um, the, you know, I obviously don't want to keep this trend going, but if we can change the course of it and end strong, um, things can happen. Things can change, um, but absolutely zero reason to hit a panic button this early in the season. Switching gears slightly to title holders Liverpool. I see they made a couple of big signings recently. Do you think they're primed now? to win the title again this year with some of these new signings and the, and the core of their team back for another season. Yeah, I think they are definitely in a good, good position to get a repeat title winning seat, you know, repeat the championship first time in 11 years it's been done. Um, yeah, I think they played, I think they played well against Chelsea today. Tiago came in and there's a lot of noise out there about how he, I saw this thing about, He's playing as well as Paul Scholes. So they were comparing Tiago to Scholes. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think it's a bit early. I think that Tiago came into this Chelsea game at half. Chelsea was down to 10 men. So it's, everything was skewed when he had come into the game. There was a lot more space. He got the ball a lot. Um, and, you know, we got to see little bits and pieces of, of his long ball and his dynamic play and, Quick thinking. I mean, and he's going to be a threat, and I like that he's on the team. I think he's a good fit for the team. Um, but you know, be signing him as the the big signing recently, and then the other signings that we've done. I think I think it's important, and I think it's good for the team. Um, and I think we are looking strong. Uh, you know, some defensive woes in the beginning against Leeds for the first game, but uh, played well against Chelsea. Fabinho did fantastically against Timo Werner. So that's really, really good to see. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a really strong season. I, I just want to, I hope that the mentality is still, the desire to win is still there. Um, I wasn't impressed by Mane in game one. Today, he really showed up and did did well. So I love to see the hunger and I hope it continues for the season. The question I'll touch on that we also posed on our Instagram story, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you don't follow us there already, we pose super interesting questions like this one to our followers. And we were talking about Sun after his performance today, big four goal performance for Tottenham. Is he the most underrated player in the league? I think he's easily up there in the top three. He hasn't been on any, any of the major finalists lists for player of the year or some of the others, I believe, or at least he hasn't received a number of votes. However, especially after watching this all or nothing documentary, the first three, four episodes of it, you start to realize when you look at the makeup of the Tottenham squad that he's probably their most consistent player. He's very technically gifted. He's obviously quick, can create moments of brilliance out of nothing, as we saw from his goal of the season goal last year that, that won him goal of the season. He works hard. He, he cares about the squad. He works hard. He's obviously been on the team for a number of years now. And, you know, you can argue Harry Kane is a bigger impact. Deli Ali hasn't shown up as much recently, but he's been a huge piece of the squad. Lloris has been there for a while, but it, it really feels like Sun is the heart and soul of Tottenham at this point. And when he's performing well and they're, they're really clicking on all cylinders, it's because of him. And I don't know if there's another top six or eight-ish squad, when you think of the top squads, top clubs in the Premier League, that is that connected to one player you could argue that that's that'd be an interesting argument about you know maybe Sun actually doesn't have that big of an impact because of Kane because of Ali because of Lucas and others maybe De Bruyne on Man City but Man City has so many options I think for a team that's in the middle but still expects to finish really high in the top four has aspirations Sun is potentially and probably I'd say the most underrated player in the league that's, that's me showing a little bit of love for Sun after his four-goal performance. Also, I'll note, just like any purchasing any stock, I do have him on my Fantasy Premier League team, so I do need to disclaim that he's on my Fantasy Premier League team. Lastly, question for all of us. Why were there so many goals this week? I see. I think you said 39. Is that right? There were 39 goals yeah, overall? Yeah, math is right. Yep, 39. I trust your math. That's insane. That's There are a couple of, what, 5-2 score lines. Well, Tottenham 5-2, Leicester 4-2. Everton 5-2, Leeds 4-3. What's what's going on with the league right now? I want to push a narrative that there that the lack of fans is an, is an impact. I the thing I I'm not obviously consulting is wh- where is the precedence for for this type of week? You know, has this happened before? Um, you know, how often does this usually happen? What is the average goals per week in a season? Those kind of things. But this does feel like astronomically larger. Um, and the first thing I my knee jerk and curious of your guys thoughts, you know, is the, is the lack of a crowd a factor, you know, it, are the games, it, does it feel perhaps like there's less intensity maybe, and people are more calm and um, relaxed and feel like they can just do whatever and, and, and be more effective in some ways, quote unquote. Um, but you would also assume effective means more sound defense and not making mistakes. So like I could go either way, but it's an interesting the, the first knee-jerk thought I had is, you know, does the lack of a crowd, is that a variable that that has an impact? Maybe, maybe not. It, you know, is this just an outlier kind of weekend? But um, I, you can't ignore, you can't ignore this, this absolute onslaught of goals. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, pushing the, the crowd narrative. I think communication is a lot easier. Uh, and, you know, better communication, I think, leads to better, uh, you know, better build-up play and could eventually lead to more goals. So I think there's some, I think there might be some uh, facts or reasoning behind uh, pushing pushing the crowd narrative of, of no crowd leading to all these goals. But, you know, I think, I think it's, it's potentially we're seeing a change in, in the game itself, similar to how the NBA is now valuing kind of small ball, three-point shooting um, players and, and teams are just chucking up three-pointers three a lot more uh, because there's a higher return. You don't have the same dynamic in soccer, but I think, I, you know, I don't know, maybe we, there's just higher quality attacking players in the league now, and that's what teams are really looking for. You know, they think, oh, as long as we get some saves and we have a decent defense and a decent keeper and get some saves in, we'll we'll just outscore the other team. And I know Jones, you had mentioned in another podcast, you know, maybe that's Chelsea's view. Keppo looked Keppo, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> he looked brutal. But you know, you you had pointed out they're spending all these all this money on attacking players. They don't really have a good goalie. So their their strategy is, you know, just score more than the other guys. So I think that maybe could be I don't know. Maybe that's the league. Uh, the league is moving towards towards that mindset. I actually love that take. And Leeds is a good example of a new team. We're watching the first game. Jones, when we were watching together, you commented, what are they playing? 4-2-4, mm-hmm. which they basically were, mm-hmm. pushing a bunch of guys up the field. It feels analytics in some way. It feels like there's a, a touch of analytics with the NBA stuff you referenced, I see. And strong attackers. A lot of just strong attackers. You got Bale coming back. You got... Mm-hmm. Man City hasn't even played yet this week. They're the team you'd expect to pour in goals, and that's how they've carried on winning the league and competing in the league the last few years. So it seems like a mix of all that. The crowd noise is interesting too. Yeah, just one one last thing I was thinking about, and I think Liverpool really made it obvious last season when they found so much success with the fullbacks coming up and, and really adding that um, other piece of, of attack to their play and their style. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of fullbacks and wingers um, be really attacking minded. Leicester City and Justin today and Castagna, I think that's his name. He looked he looks great. I mean, we can talk about him for for a while. He looks fantastic um, for all you fantasy players. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's another thing that I've seen a lot of. I don't know is Harrison on Leeds? Is he a defensive player? or Is he a, a winger, a midfield? He's more attack, yeah, attacking okay. winger. Okay. But yeah, it's been it's been fun to see see these defenders come in and, and join the attack. That's actually a good position to highlight as one that's shifted, kind of like how the guard right. play in the NBA or certain other positions, or I guess the big man is what I'm trying to say, shooting more threes where the outside back, there's now so much asked of them if they're playing an outside wing back where you're covering the whole outside midfield and expected to press high. But guys are doing it. You have Davies and some others who are such studs and have the pace and the energy the youthful energy almost to make it happen and and you see a lot more goals both ways because you're left exposed and you're you're providing another person in the attack i can't wait for us to like look over some stats and be like oh no wait this is like a normal weekend like, <laughs> like there's actually nothing to read into this any of this but but it, but it, these are good takes but these okay? are good takes i uh, i i i feel like um you know it dovetails into a little bit of a conversation we had a while ago about how you know formations become come in vogue 
and then that's what the standard is, and then that's the standard. So you have to find ways to beat that standard. How do you break down the other team who's always going to show up in? And now it really the two Vogue styles is straight up four three three or like a modification of that, which is like a four two three one, right? With your two holding mids or something of that of that nature, which again you could argue is just a four three three as well. And so you know teams are finding the best way to kind of perhaps break that down is to use the wings and. That means who's going to fill that gap? Probably an attacking fullback. So it, it this whole kind of conversation, it's the lovely thing about this game. It's ever evolving, and um, and perhaps this is a, a symptom of it. Perhaps that's this is how people are being able to accommodate um, systems and, and how to break them down. Second half of our main topic discussion: Americans playing abroad especially young Americans right now trying to make their mark on the game and leave their stamp on potentially the national team when they play as a unit together, but also as individuals playing in the Bundesliga and now Serie A and others. We saw Gio Reyna for Dortmund get a nab a goal this, this past weekend. McKinney got his first start for Juventus, first year with the team, and he's playing alongside Ronaldo and some of these other legends for a huge club in Juventus. You got Josh Sargent on Werder Bremen, Tyler Adams, obviously, in the Bundesliga. Uh, Zach Steffen, Tim Weah, Sergio Dest, Conrad De La Fuente, this is Jones' new guy on Barcelona, young American. Chris Richards, a bunch of young American players who you might have seen, you know, back in the day, you had a couple of odd Americans playing overseas, Clint Dempsey, some of the bigger names that when they got older, they might have a stint, but it didn't feel like the same promising future. And so we wanted to chat for, you know, five, 10 minutes on first out of these guys, who's most likely to have a successful season and then who's most likely to have a successful career. So uh, Jones, I'll throw it to you first. I know you're, you're interested in this, especially out of that list of guys, if you wanted to pick out one or two, who do you think is going to have a success, successful season, successful career? So I think when we're talking a successful season um, and in career too, but but specifically to season, my, my first thought goes to, well, who's going to have the most opportunity, um, you know, in backing up, what is success, you know, success for a younger player, I think we would all agree is growth, that they have the opportunity to, um, grow and that they can improve and they get to leave their mark. They actually get to game time, um, or as Icy calls tick. And I like calling it that. So let's, let's call it tick. Um, I, when I'm, when I'm looking at these names, I think a lot of the guys who are on teams that are, um, I mean, these are all great teams. I, I was going to say on lesser teams, but they're all like in their own right. These are all pretty major teams, which is exciting. Um, you know, your knee jerk is, is Pulisic, you know, are the most probably you would argue the most established of this younger generation. Um, it, however, he finds himself joining a team or playing with a team that has just, added so much depth to that, that attack where, um, frankly it was, as it was the issue when he first joined the team, you're a little worried of how much game time he'd actually get. Um, ditto with McKinney joining, you know, a powerhouse in Juventus. The fact that he started is so, uh, mind boggling. I, I didn't think he would actually have the, the chance, the opportunity. Um, but I would love for him to, to hold it down. Ultimately though, um, I think who is primed to have the most successful season, um, and not suggesting that others in this list won't also have a successful season in their own right. Um, but Gio Reyna has to be the most primed for, for that opportunity because 
Dortmund is that team. If there's any team out there who prides themselves on bringing in young talent um, uh, and then doing the best that they can to build that player up because it's a mutual interest. They want their team to do well, but they also want to make money off these guys. Um, and so that they are fiscally responsible for this player to get better. Um, he's 17. He's about to turn 18. Um, there's great videos of him in Holland, you know, giving banter and, and there's great camaraderie. Put it this way. Holland is a guy uh, who is being hyped up to be like the next Real Madrid center forward, you know, plucked next season or something like that. If Mbappe doesn't go, um, you're looking at that thinking, all right, Holland is friendly with Reyna. He's, he's, he sees him as a, as a friend. He's a peer. He's right. A, a, exactly. A peer on the squad. They're exactly. boys, but also on the pitch, if they can work back and forth together, that'd be huge for, for Reyna to. For Reyna, for American himself. soccer and for, um, and for our belief in, in a team that actually has players on, on the horizon. So end of the day, um, I think he is most primed for a successful season, successful career. Um, it, it feels like at the moment I, I have to go Pulisic. I think he's, you know, he's kind of hit that point where he's 22. He's, he's on a, he's on a team that is now, uh, if he can make this last, like this could be his team that he sticks with for the next seven to eight years. And, um, and so far, he's kind of checked all the boxes pretty properly. If he can stay healthy, um, that'd be big. Um, I, we could totally dive into all the other players and what their opportunities are out there. But, you know, perhaps just low-hanging fruit. But I'm thinking Pulisic is, is probably my pick for a successful career. What do you think, I see? Yeah, it's uh, – Jones always has some quality takes, and it's always hard to to, <laughs> to speak after he, he, he get dives in. But, um, you know, I liked everything you said. I – um, I do think that so successful season for a lot of these players to me is uh, right getting tick on the field and and assists and goals. Um, you know, I think I think assists and goals is really important. Obviously, every coach and team is looking for that out of these players. But uh, you know, I think relative to to where they are on the team, Pulisic, for instance, I would expect a higher. Uh, output from him over a Reyna or a McKenney, uh, given his experience already and, um, <clears throat> you know, his talent. But so I think, I think most likely to have a successful season. I would actually, I would actually second what you said, Jones, about Reyna. I think uh, I didn't realize he was 17, which is insane. Um, it seems very, very much seems like he's following the Pulisic game plan or trajectory. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. And, you know, I think, you know, a couple of years there and, and then he hops over to the EPL. That would be awesome. Um, if he's following, really, really following the Pulisic route. Um, exactly. Um, and then, you know, successful career. I actually hope it's Reyna. I, I don't, you know, to be honest, I don't, I don't know too well or well enough all, the, all these players that were listed. Um, but I do hope that, one, I think Reyna has a successful season this year, and I and I do hope that he has the most successful uh, career. And I say this because he's young, and um, you know, I just want him to get better and better, and and that's better for the country, for the U.S. on the national level, and uh, you know, improves our chances of bringing home the the World Cup trophy, which is something that uh, I hope to see in my lifetime. So. I hope I hope he takes both the season and career. I think it's hard to argue that Reyna will have the most successful season, e- either him or Pulisic. 
from a numbers standpoint, from a goals and assists standpoint. That that would be tough to argue. I think Tyler Adams, however, for both successful season and successful career, being a center midfielder and one that is starting to establish himself on a pretty big club in Germany, RB Leipzig, he's gotten some opportunities already. They've been good. I mean, they, they played well in the, the Champions League and everything. And I think that if the team continues to be good and he's such a staple on the team now, he's 21, but he's he's played there, I think it was just last year, but it feels like a while that he's been a part of the team, which is good that I'm thinking about him that, that way for his, uh, just what it says about his career and his presence. And I think that him, McKinney agreed. I could see him getting swapped in and out, moved around. Although if he's starting the first game, maybe he's playing really well in practice and they're, they're seeing something that we don't get to see. So got to keep an eye on him, but I think Adams as well in the center of the pitch could easily have just as successful a season as Reyna, get that much play time. RB Leipzig do just as well as Dortmund. He just won't score the goals and the assists that Reyna will. Um, some of these other guys, Tim Way, I feel like I've heard his name for a long time, but I just looked it up and he's 20. Yeah, I thought he was, I would have guessed 24, but we've played with him at FIFA. We've, we've brought him on, on our career mode team in FIFA a couple of times, and he's a stud. He's an unreal player, extremely pacey. Uh, he's got a great shot on him, great boot. Like Long shots are pretty high. This is just <laughs> FIFA knowledge. But but way on Lille, again, these are some quality teams. Even It's tough maybe for a player like Zach Steffen, who's the backup keeper. If you're, if you're obviously the backup at a certain position, um, but even Dest, who is a little older, He'll play for Ajax. He might get traded somewhere else. I know there's a lot of transfer talk about him. Um, I'm going on a tangent about some of these players, but to move into this last question we wanted to throw out there about which leagues are the best to develop in for young, young American talent, is it the Bundesliga? Is it just is it the Bundesliga because that's the best league for all talent to develop, it seems like, these days? Or because there's some extra pull for these young Americans for the league to gain popularity and, and grow as a league as they try and pit themselves against the other major leagues or that it feels like the talents getting undervalued and that's why they're bringing the players in. What do we think? So there's a, um, I would direct everyone here um, who, if you're listening to this, you, there's a high chance that you, you, you already know us very well. <laughs> and so you, you've probably at some point maybe heard us reference TIFO, um, soccer tifo football on on youtube but there is a episode where they talk about the question why does it feel like so many americans um go to the bundesliga um that that's kind of the genesis of of american talent um uh and i do also want to call out that uh we do have um you know kind of two questions here one is objectively for any player what is the best league to kind of grow up in and and have a you know successful burgeoning of of a career and then what is the best for young american talent so for american talent the interesting thing from tifo um, that they discussed is that the bundesliga has unique has two things that they think are draws one is it has unique legal standards that you don't have um, from a like a um, visa standpoint um, it's like very low bar, low entry um, for someone to pass proper citizenship tests and papers in order to get in. Um, whereas like the EPL, for example, apparently is very stringent. And so it's tough for people to actually on a whim um, uh, pick up a guy and have him come through. Um, I believe there's also um, the value of how German teams tactically are very strict and um, for young talent um but what they think of American talent is that American Americans are, um, I'm really trying to pull this out of my head. This is like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. 
that young Americans are athletic and have a lot of hunger, but they lack kind of the strategic. They have a good mental space usually, but they lack the strategic need. And so the pitch from the Bundesliga is it's easy to come in um, for, you know, being a global citizen uh, and we will help you with your tactics and keep you and give you some structure to help develop into a player. Um, That's interesting. Right. That's an interesting, interesting take or look at it. And so because of that, that's been a a big feeder for why Americans apparently have really gone there. Um, I think the other side to it is that a lot of German teams speak English. English is a fairly ubiquitous language, as it is in the rest of the world, but especially in in Germany and obviously the EPL. But um, those three factors make it an easier transition for young Americans to go there. So it does feel like at the moment, all of those reasons aside, Bundesliga feels like a nice entry point for Americans um, at, at the moment. I would say that, yes, the German and the Italian leagues, I think, would be good for developing young American talent. And I mentioned the Italian league because to me, it always seemed like they focus and <clears throat> uh, look for like and have really good defensive players. It just seems like Italian defensive defenses are really good and their players have just this mindset of, I don't know, they're, they're really aggressive and they're strong. Um, and I think that more often than not, American players are, um, like you said, hungry, but like really aggressive and, you know, have good, good pace. And I, and, and I don't think they, I think most often than not, um, relative to other countries, American players probably don't have the skills, uh, the technique uh, that, that a lot of other, other countries have. So I feel like they, they do well under more defensive-minded leagues. Um, and so I, I, I would just throw in the mix the Italian league, Serie A. Um, could be, would be good for developing young American talent. Um, but yeah, it does seem like more often than not, players do go to the Bundesliga. We'll see if Americans can change the narrative with this young crop of players playing all over the world and playing pretty well right now, which is exciting to see. Working into our final game Everybody's favorite part. Today we're doing a little devil's advocate, aren't we, Jones? You betcha. Um, we're playing a little devil's advocate. As a reminder, I give you uh, one of you guys a little quip. I say a little statement, and then you guys need to argue the devil's advocate. You know, why might I be a little different and wrong, and, and why are you definitely right? Um, for these, we only got four. I'll give you guys about 30 seconds. I won't enforce it too toughly. Um, I'll cut you off, though, if your answer really just sucks. Um, uh yeah, I was inspired by our, our sponsor for today, and we're going to keep this fall edition. We're going to keep it fall, autumn, autumn-oriented, if you will. Um, I like that. I like that, the way that rolled off my tongue. Um, first one is going to go to um, – I had a reason for these, so who did I want on this one? Um, yes, okay. First one goes to Eli. Um, Eli, apple picking is a delightful experience. You can't beat grabbing an apple and getting that first bite. This one I can easily disagree with because it's a true story. We go apple picking last year. Let me put you put you in the boots of someone that would say apple picking is not a delightful experience. We go apple picking last year. It's middle of September. It's probably about this time of year. There's no apples. They're all gone. That's it. That's my story. <laughs> that just I just I just proved your point wrong. We go and there's maybe three out of the 30 kinds of apples that they boast the different types there's nothing left we're picking apples off the ground trying to find decent ones taking bites to try it out spitting it out 
throwing them on the ground. We got a decent amount of apples. It was fine, but they were just all gone. It was ridiculous. So apple picking is not all it's made out to be. That's my that's my warning. I want what I really want from you guys is just deep anger. I hope all of these incite that kind of visceral response. Um, ICTU. Um, in autumn, finally, I can pull out my cozy sweaters. It feels like I'm wearing a hug whenever I put one on. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, all my sweaters make me itch and they kind of scratch. So it's really not pleasurable to, to whip out the sweaters. And personally, I'll just take a nice blanket, wrap it over my shoulders and bundle up that way. Um, yeah, the sweater game in, in autumn is, is overrated. And, uh, you know, I don't think, I think people should move to the blanket. It's nicer. It's more versatile. I can see you wearing a shawl and, uh, and asking to see the manager at some, some <laughs> restaurant and just turning into a Karen or something. <laughs> um, Eli, starting to see the leaves change is magical. The colorful spectrum is a spectacle to behold. Similar to the apples, you don't actually see the leaves change, do you? It's a nice expression. It's nice. Oh, the leaves are changing. But you're walking around outside and they're on the ground. The old ones. The new ones, they're up there. They look great. They're colorful, but you never see them change. So to speak to the changing of the leaves, it's like the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. You never actually see it because your family's not going to sit there and wait around to figure out when they change. You're just going to leave, come back, and the new thing is going to be there. I feel like your issue was with time on that one. I don't think your issue is with, with fall so much as just how quickly time happens. So we can, can work on that. Um, I see to you, the colder temps are a relief. No more burning and sweating. Goodbye, AC. Hello, blankets. Yes, hello, blankets. But the cold weather <laughs> coming in is... It's too early. We don't want it right now. I want to extend the summer heat a, you know, longer uh, up until December because December is just known for the snow. So that month can, can be snow time. Now, let's extend those 70, almost 80 degree days a little bit longer and uh, skip fall. Here, wow. here. Wow. All right. Thanks, guys. I'm not looking forward to fall at all now. We want more outside time. Keep it warm. Climate change, global warming. <laughs> guess, guess we got that covered. Dang. Right, right. If we, if, we, if we turn up the, if we, if we, that's a shame. Get our footprint up a little bit more. Maybe we can stay outside more. So think about that, guys. So, Icy, I know you want to do everything green and e friendly and stuff, but if you want to spend more time outside, I'm not saying Footy Fellows advocates for greenhouse gas emissions, but Think about is all we're saying. Think about it. Let me just also remind folks that Eli and I are pretending to be the devil's advocate and we're not actually Eli and Max when we, when we answer. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like all of our lies have a little wrinkle of truth in them and uh, (laughs) you guys are pretty convincing. If anyone wants to create the visual of Max Winter and myself on Max Jones shoulders, speaking to him and match it up with our audio. We'll take submissions. We don't have we don't have money to, to dole out for it, but we'll take submissions. Mm-hmm. We, we have a platform. We can give you a free platform. Yeah. We'll say your name right about here in the episode. Whatever minute this is at, we'll say your name. Because that's it's the end. This is a, we'll say your name at the end because it's the end. So thanks for listening. 
We do very much appreciate you, all of the FOFs. We love the participation in the Fantasy League, which is huge, and all the engagement on social media where we'll keep working on some fun stuff and getting all of y'all involved. So stick around till next week. See you later. See you next week. Here's my other question. Are we talking, because I'm looking at a brick wall right here. Are we talking the brick wall? No, or, no, okay, no, okay, no. okay. A punchable wall. So the cinder block wall in our bathroom. That's yeah, right, okay. the one you've been doing your karate drills right. on in the garage. Right, yeah. it's going to break. It's going to break.